0: Willkommen zu Max und die Supply Chain Helden, deinem Unternehmer-Podcast zum Thema Einkauf und Logistik im digitalen Wandel. Interviews und Erkenntnisse von und mit Profis aus dem Bereich Supply Chain Management, ganz ohne Beratermission. Ich bin Max Meister und Familienunternehmer in dritter Generation. Ja, hi, willkommen zu einer neuen Ausgabe von Max und die Supply Chain Helden. Heute eine kurze Folge auf Englisch mit dem Brian Snow, seines Zeichens General Manager von der Abteilung Global Services für einen Lieferanten von uns, die Firma Parker. Der Sound ist etwas suboptimal, aber ich denke, es lohnt sich trotzdem, da ein bisschen zuzuhören, weil es geht um das sogenannte Parker-Tracking-System. Eine Technik, mit der man Bauteile von Parker und anderen äh, Herstellern etikettieren kann und so weltweit für die Ersatzteilversorgung garantieren kann. Ich denke, das Thema ist spannend, weil hier viel Musik drin ist. Vor allem, wenn man das langfristig kombiniert mit äh, Themen wie RFID-Tags oder ähnlichen. Und ich denke, ihr solltet einfach mal reinhören und wünsche euch viel Spaß. Wie immer freue ich mich über Feedback. Macht's gut und bis bald. Ciao. Okay, so perfect. Today, here is uh, Brian Snow from uh, Parker in Cleveland. Great having you. you. Um, before I start, maybe you can introduce yourself, who you are, and uh, what do you do?
1: Yeah, so I'm Brian Snow. Um, I work for Parker Hannifin. I've worked for, for Parker for the last 23 years. Um, more recently, I'm responsible for our services business in Parker. Um, And really what that means is, you know, we're a hundred year old company uh, that's a large manufacturer of many different hydraulic uh, and pneumatic components. Um, But we build services around those components to keep our customers safe, keep their equipment up and running um, and to help extend the services that our distributor partners can offer out in the marketplace.
0: Okay. Um, can you uh, describe how these services around the products
1: uh, today work? Yeah. So a good example might be uh, around hose assemblies. Hose assemblies, um, you know, that carry hydraulic fluids or uh, or different types of media, um, do tend to wear out. They're they're a wear item because they're flexible uh, and because of the, some of the very uh, harsh environments that they can be asked to live in while they do their work. Um, They do wear out and they have to be inspected. They have to be checked. They uh, sometimes have different certifications that they they carry with them in order to meet industry requirements. Um, And so a service around that might be to offer those inspection services, to go into factory floors um, as a distributor, maintenance or tech tech team, um, and they could do the inspections on those products uh, for our customers uh, out in the marketplace and make sure that the equipment is up and running as it should be uh, in the application.
0: Okay, uh, so um, I don't know how the um, situation is in the U.S., but uh, do these inspections mainly do distributors for you at the end customers, or is it a combination? Or
1: It's mostly distributors that would do that work today. You know, We could go into an engine plant. We could go into a steel plant. Um, in some cases, we would go into a construction site where they have many different manufacturers, types of equipment, um, where they... They understand that they have a dozer or a digger, but they don't necessarily always understand the, we always call it the minutiae, the small items on those yeah. uh, applications that tend to lead to failures, whether it's a, a clogged filter or uh, a hose that might be uh, abraded or twisted and might lead to premature failure of an application or a, or a piece of equipment. Those are the things that ultimately fail and cause downtime as opposed to, you know, the, the quote unquote dozer. The dozer never really fails. It's something small. It's a a bearing. It's a filter. It's it's something small that's causing the problem.
0: Okay. Uh, uh, Do you have many uh, end customers that uh, use uh, products probably from all of your uh, segments or from all the different parts of Parker? Or how is the situation?
1: Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, obviously, we have uh, many customers that may use a single line of product. um, But we also have others that would use, um, you know, Parker's broken down into six operating groups which is typically centered around products Uh, we do have one group that is our aerospace group and it tends to be focused around the aerospace market and so all the products are geared towards aerospace Um, but you can imagine again a dozer or a piece of equipment a hydraulic press uh, where they would use filtration and cylinders and uh, valves and actuators Um, and so all of the breadth of product comes into play uh, when we're looking at services it could be an accumulator where It needs to be recertified after a number of years to meet those industry standards that are uh, that are in place today.
0: Okay, when you have a customer that is using uh, extra services around the product, um, how is he able to uh, uh, use or leverage the data uh, you create with all the products?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, So, you know, if if you think about a born-on date, right, uh, that's one of the things that's maybe the easiest to, to consider. So, When a product is born and it's shipped out of one of our factories, uh, we certainly record that data and we record it into a system we call our Parker Tracking System. Uh, We also would house uh, different attributes around that particular product. Maybe it could be a bill of material, it could be repair uh, items. Um, If that product were to be serviced out in the field, we would record the service event in our Parker tracking system, we would record the results of it, and then we would know each and every time it was touched by a service technician um, what the results of that inspection, what the results of that service were. Uh, If that item were ever to be replaced because it could no longer serve in the application, we would then track the second item in that application. So they would have two PTS IDs uh, or Parker tracking system IDs associated with that application, and we'd know that one lived from point A to point B, and then the new one picked up at point C and lived to to point D. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, So lifetime, life cycle management, those sorts of pieces of uh, information become become available once you do that.
0: Okay. Um, So I have a second question, but probably another one I have to ask first. Uh, Can you describe how the pocket tracking system is working in the whole supply
1: chain? Sure. So uh, when Parker manufactures a product, um, and today, a uh, large uh, amount of our data comes with uh, our hose assemblies, again, because they're they're kind of a high wear item. Uh, they tend to be a, a very good candidate for traceability. Uh, we are beginning now to, to roll this out across our enterprise, meaning all of our groups and divisions within Parker. Um, and that's an ongoing effort. We're getting more and more and more assets uh, out in the world today. We've got about 35 million assets worldwide today that we track. Um, okay. So it's a pretty consider- considerable database. Um, and we've been doing it for about 10 years, uh, so it's, it's not new. Um, and again, all of our factories would put in bill of material information around each asset born on date. Where was it manufactured? Who assembled it? Uh, were there any testing or certificates that uh, were done specific to that item? Um, Were there any general documents? You know, it could be an assembly guide. It could be a a user's manual. Um, We'll attach those documents to that record. Um, And then when we ship them out of the factory, then those digital documents just travel right along with those physical products that get shipped out into the world. And and we've got several different forms of interface. It could be a mobile device interface. It could be a computer Mm -hmm. um, interface that allows users to then access that data and use it for their their applications and their business systems.
0: Okay. So uh, I think about uh, some customers where we always have some issues with uh, documenting the whole process. So maybe there this could be an advantage. And I'm quite sure uh, when uh, uh, our listeners uh, listen to the podcast, then we are quite uh, short before uh, we also use Parker Tracking yeah, yeah. System. Um uh, one other question is, uh, what additional services uh, do you see for the end customers using Parker Tracking System?
1: Yeah, I think that, um, I think, you know, we, we've got several things that come into play in terms of um, inventory planning. Uh, because we now know how long things typically last in different applications, we can help them plan for um, maintenance events. And so we can also then tell them, you know, if you're going to do a maintenance on a machine and that machine might have... 75 or 100 different components, we can then pull the entire bill of material and all the subcomponents of that machine in advance of that work. And we can make sure that from a supply chain standpoint, we have all the products on hand, on site, very well organized and kitted, ready to go so that when that work happens, it's a very short duration of downtime for the customer. Um, We had one example where we actually did an oil and gas rig, an offshore drilling rig, um, and it had thousands of component parts um, that were on it. Once we digitized and understood all of those items on the drill rig, the first time that was a lot of work. The second time we saw that application, we were able to pre-make, pre-organize, pre-label, and, and get all of that staged up on the key side so that when this very intensive capital and you know rig shows up on the key side to do the work, it's there for the, the most minimum amount of time as possible.
0: Uh, Do you learn with the customer and the items he needs, or do you really go on site with your partners?
1: It depends, but we definitely find that most of our customers are worried about their equipment, cranes, top drives, punch presses, lathes, whatever it is. Um, They have limited knowledge around some of the individual components. Um, And so what we will do is we'll come on site, Uh, With a distributor partner, we'll help them best understand that equipment and all the subcomponents that are required. Uh, And then we'll PTS tag those things that we can when they're in the application Mm -hmm. uh, so that we're best prepared to do the maintenance when that time comes. Um, So it's really a a partnership.
0: Okay. Um, What combination do you see with the Parker Tracking System and uh, potential IOT uh, or
1: Internet of Things applications? Yeah, it's a good question. So um, I kind of view the Parker tracking system as the VIN plate, right? If I, A lot of times I'll use automotive examples mm-hmm. as an analogy. So each of our cars has a, a VIN plate that attaches all the physical metadata about the, the asset. Um, that's essentially PTS. Um, IOT is all of the condition-based things that are happening in that particular mm-hmm. product or in that application. Because of the way we've structured PTS and and because we've planned for service events and inspections, we can take triggers or signals from IoT devices and we can feed those into a system that will then trigger an inspection event. You know, maybe it's out of sequence of a standard planned event. So if we said, hey, we want to inspect this item in six months um, based on just time, we could then augment that plan based on an IoT signal that says, hey, this is operating out of condition or out of norm, mm-hmm. we should inspect it sooner, right? And so then IoT kind of becomes an override to a standard calendar or, or days planning event. Okay, like. but uh, uh,
0: until today, you have uh, two different systems. So you have the IoT world and the PTS world, correct. and it's not in uh, one system combined.
1: It's correct. However, each IoT device carries with it a PTS ID. So... Mm-hmm every IoT instance, every IoT smart sensor is PTS ID so that mm-hmm. we know okay. and we can understand this is an item that is uh, a Parker item. Um, in the future uh, coming, those signals will then get passed back into a PTS system to, to take action. Okay,
0: so uh, for us or uh, for um, uh, how I see a supply chain would be also very interesting to use this data uh, also, in combination with probably stock levels of distribution in the area where the customer is working, yep. to really uh, to guarantee that uh, he has uh, enough supply.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: Okay. Yeah. So uh, interesting topic. Uh, yeah. Another thing. So you are now uh, working for more than twenty years for Parker.
1: Twenty-three years. That's okay. Uh, amazing how quickly it goes.
0: Okay. Perfect. And uh, what do you think is the the biggest success of uh, Parker until
1: today? You know, I, I think that. Um, I definitely think that the breadth of product line that we have, um, allows us to get into many applications. And that's certainly, um, something that we, you know, we're very proud of. Um, the other piece is, is the distributor channel. Like we have, um, an immense amount of physical footprint, um, with our channel partners, with our distributor partners. And that all again, allows us to leverage that breadth of product line to get it globalized out in the marketplace. And, uh, and so when customers move from one country to another or they add an additional facility or plant, um, they can be rest assured that there's going to be a Parker representation there uh, to help them just like they, they had in their home country or in their home location. So uh, we've got lots of customers that are adding facilities, you know, could be in the same country and just in a different state or a different city, um, but they find that there's a Parker representative, Parker distributor there to help them uh, nonetheless.
0: Yeah, not, not,
1: not far away usually. Exactly.
0: Okay, so uh, you are uh, situated now in Cleveland. You always stay there, or where are you from?
1: I actually started with our Tube Fittings division um, in Columbus, Ohio, Mm -hmm. which isn't too far from from Cleveland. Um, And then I spent a bit of time with Parker in Seattle, Mm -hmm. Washington, in the U.S. Um, I was calling on one of our our direct OEM customers. And then uh, for about the last 15 years, I've been back in Cleveland. Okay,
0: yeah, this is also the place where we met. Yes. And um, yeah, so uh, probably uh, one of the last questions. Uh, I've seen that uh, on LinkedIn, you're interested in analytics and uh, growth tactics in this area. Yeah. Uh, what What are the biggest learnings for you in your daily life?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, we're we're continuing to get better and better at this. Um, you know, we're looking for areas where um, we have voids in the in the map, in the physical map. So mm-hmm. where are Replacements of our products taking place, and uh, and where are they not? Right, where do we have good coverage, and maybe where do we where do we not have good coverage, um, or where do we have partners that are taking advantage of the technologies that we have to offer, and and where could we we go spend more time and help close in those those holes in the map, if you will? Um, again, one of the things with the the Parker tracking system that we we like so well is. When things leave our factory and they get replaced by our our distributor channel partners out in the world, we can see how long they lived. We can Mm -hmm. see where they traveled, right? Where did they get replaced versus where did they initially get shipped for a factory uh, first fit application on on an OEM piece of equipment? Um, So it's very interesting data that comes around um, just being able to track and trace those events.
0: Okay, so uh, uh, there uh, pop up uh, two questions in my mind. So the first one for me, uh, and I'm quite sure uh, you don't know the data at the moment, but it would be quite funny to see how many uh, items from Parker are probably produced in the U.S. Sorry, produced in the U.S. And then uh, shipped to Germany. Then there are machines built and then probably go back to the U.S. Yeah, exactly.
1: the, The thinking is exactly spot on, right? Um, I don't know that I could tell you yeah, uh, what, the, just what curious, that information huh? looks like, but it's uh, for sure something that we're, we're interested in as well. Okay.
0: And uh, the second one is uh, I've been to a distributor uh, also in the U.S. for Parker, mm-hmm. and uh, when they showed the map of their development of the branches, uh, then you can see the interstate routes. And okay. uh, he was ma- mainly following the interstates of uh, one state. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you see... Uh, a trend that uh, this is still important, or is, is it changing? in...
1: Uh, to, to follow be, the interstate,
0: uh, to uh, to really uh, try to, to increase the regional footprint of uh, uh, distributors in the today's uh, world.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that there is a uh, an optimal density of mm-hmm. dis- of distribution. Right, um, you want enough to cover the geographical space, and that changes based on a city. Right, or a rural area. Um, in a city, you might be able to cover all, an area that's much, much smaller just because of travel time. Um, so you might have have to have more locations, where in a rural area, people may be more accustomed to having to travel a little further distance. Mm-hmm. But because there's less traffic, it doesn't take as long. Yeah. Um, and so there is an optimal uh, sort of footprint. I think in some parts of the world, uh, we're definitely in a much better position in terms of coverage. Than in others. Okay, um, yeah, certainly, sure. as we go as we sort of go east into Asia, uh, we've got more open areas for us to continue to grow. In places like the U.S., where it's a very mature uh, area, um, there's certainly less less opportunity for us to put new pins on the map, as I as I like to say.
0: Okay. And um, do you have the feeling that uh, even uh, in the U.S., it's important for the end customer to uh, have uh, branches close by?
1: I do. Um, I think that the uh, you know, we're, we're in an interesting time where you can buy many things on the Internet. Um, and I think about my own personal life and how much um, transactions that I, I make online today. And it's, uh, it's staggering compared to even just a, a couple of years ago. Um, so certainly those things are going to influence our business and they're going to impact us. But um, many of the applications that our customers have and that our, our distributor channel partners work in do require a bit of technical expertise and i don't believe that that's quite there yet in some of the uh, the online supply you know certainly yeah. you can key in a part number and you can probably get it shipped but um really getting some of that deep technical knowledge and assistance that you would get from a distributor uh, i think is still very very required today and i think having our physical physical footprint where it is today is is wonderful for our customers i think they they lean on that pretty heavily today
0: Okay, yeah, this is uh, music to my ears. So I hope this uh, continues that way. Uh, one last question, and uh, my listeners are used to it. So, uh, uh, what was your last uh, heroic uh,
1: deed? So that's a, that's a very good question. Um, I guess I would probably have to say uh, it's probably a two-part answer. Uh, my oldest daughter, she just turned eighteen. We just sent her off to uh, so off to college, off to university, and so that was a very difficult uh, event. Um, just kind of letting her leave the nest. But um, probably my, my heroicness of that was uh, comforting my wife as she uh, let go <laughs> okay. of her okay. oldest daughter.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can imagine. This would be uh, probably the same A with me. A little bit of so yeah. yeah. I maybe have uh, seven more years, but this will be uh, also yeah. difficult for yeah. me. It's difficult. Yeah, okay. Fine. Okay. So thank you very much for the short talk. It was yeah. very nice having you. Thank and, you, Mac. Uh, I hope to see you soon.
1: Yeah, that thanks. Good. Perfect. Thanks.